Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Come to you from underneath the peach blossom. It's time for an episode of Be Awesome. Find positivity throughout your life and work. Just like our mascot rooster, Steve the Jerk. Hello, Be Awesome listeners. It's episode 24 from Not Sunny San Diego. Whoever said the sun is always shining in Southern California hasn't been there with me. Uh, I am out here for a quick couple of days, and I am lucky enough to get to see one of the most important people in our life, uh, our son's godfather first and foremost, uh, but he is going to be titled as Detroit. Detroit's made American badass. Kid Rock didn't get back to me about letting me play that for intro music. Uh, Marine and uh, brother from another mother, Dave Moran. Dave, welcome to... First of all, my hotel room studio and uh, into the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, I'm glad to, glad we could get this thing going. Uh, we actually were going to do this last night, and uh, I made the mistake of meeting him in the lobby of the hotel. And uh, the bartender who taught us all about different watch bands and <laughs> God knows what else made fresh popcorn, but made a mean Corona. And uh, a <laughs> couple, couple Coronas later, some sushi, some what kind of soup was that? Ramen. Ramen soup, yeah. learned how to eat that with chopsticks, like a Neanderthal. I might as well have just been slurping and slunging it down my fingers. That's how they do it in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> Failed attempt to get into a Padres game, and, uh, and a few more beers later, podcast had to be delayed to today, but we got a couple of Coronas sitting outside the, uh, the airport here, and I really wanted to have Dave on for a couple of things. One, he's a Marine. Uh, he's been a Marine for how many years you on? This summer will be 18. 18 years. And you are, uh, you're in a new role, but prior, you're, you're um, deployed how many times? I uh, did uh, Iraq three times, Afghanistan once. Okay. And you did that as an EOD tech. Mm-hmm. And I know what that is, but you want to give a little background on that profession? And uh, EOD stands for Explosive Ordnance Disposal. Uh, so we render safe, identify, neutralize, render safe, um, conventional ordnance, uh, biological, chemical, uh, improvised explosive devices, that kind of thing. So anything that goes bang, we, we yeah. pretty much deal with. So what we would see in the news or hear about uh, commonly is I- IEDs, right? Yes. So the roadside uh, bombs, suicide yeah. bombs, stuff like that. I didn't ask you this curiously, and I don't know how you keep track, but how many do you think... How many IEDs in those four tours do you think you uh, you engaged with or, or detonated? Or I'm not sure. Um, like a, a ballpark? Sure. Uh, I think I'm somewhere over 500. Wow. Wow. And and uh, I think I read somewhere that the average, like if the an IED tech, you know, ter- uh, IEDs average will kill up to two. You know, on average, will kill two people. Um, so translate that there's a thousand lives saved. I think a lot of times for me anyway, looking at military and I think what a way a lot of people probably look at military is you go out and, and you kill, right? You protect and, but you saved like your role, even though it's high explosive, high, 
Uh, you saved a lot of lives by by taking on that role. I hope so. Yeah, it's a rewarding job, and it's it's been tough on me and the family. But you know what? Uh, it's a rewarding job, and somebody's got to do it. So, to talk me through that, how many EOD techs are there? How many are there total, and then how many are in the Marines? Well, it, it varies across the different services. I think we're probably the smallest. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got about uh, seven hundred dudes okay. in, in the entire Marine Corps yeah. EOD program. Um, I know the Navy's. Uh, they got a lot of people, and so does the Air Force. And mm-hmm. the Army actually has battalions of of EOD techs, so okay. we're we're definitely the smallest. Okay, and and you, this isn't something like you wake up and and say I want to be an EOD tech. I mean, this is pretty. There is first of all, there is no margin of error in what you do, um, right? And, and then your your training or your the, the, to get into being an EOD tech. Don't tell me a little bit. I mean, that's not just take a test and you're in there, right? So yeah. we have a, a bunch of different qualifications. Some of them are pretty obvious, like you can't be colorblind, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Cut the red wire, like which one's the red wire? Yeah. Um, and also to identify ordinance and stuff like that. But we have an interview process. So uh, guys and gals that want to come over. And the Marine Corps, you can't pipeline in. You can't go to boot camp and then go to EOD school. Um, you have to do three or four years and then lat- lateral move as a sergeant in E5. Mm-hmm. Uh, or a corporal reenlisting, and you do an interview process through the week where we ask you questions. We put you through physical, mm-hmm. uh, you know, some physical activities, do a PFT bomb suit test and stuff like that, and we give you problems throughout the week to for you to to do. So mm-hmm. we'll stress you out a little bit, get your heart rate up, and then we'll give you something technical to do, mm-hmm. and then see what your reactions are. Um, and then there's a board process at the end where um, the senior individuals in the shop will ask you questions, mm-hmm. and we sign off on your paperwork, and then you put your paperwork in through the career planner. And then you get accepted to go to EOD school, and then the fun starts. Yeah, and that's intense. Your your grades you had to get, uh, I remember um, Bill had shared with me and Amy shared with me, you're, 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 you, you're, again, low, low no margin of error. You almost have to get perfect scores on every test that you take right. um, to, to get through, and that's a period of months. Uh, it's about eight to nine months. Depends mm-hmm. on if you if you roll or not. So uh, when when I say roll, that means you failed the same test twice. Mm-hmm. If you fail a test, you get a retest. If you fail that test, you go on an academic review board and you basically beg for your life to stay in school. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then they roll you back into a class. You, and you can't do that too many times. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get kicked out for your attitude. Um, the passing score for a test has to be eighty five percent or better. So. A B, yeah. No B minus. <laughs> wow. It's uh, and you and I think you, it's something crazy like sixty tests in eight months. Yeah, nine months. Wow. Tell me about the attitude. How do you get kicked out? What kind of attitude gets you kicked out? Guys that get frustrated, lose their cool. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not somebody you want to be downrange with uh, handling explosives or ordnance that you don't know what condition it's in and somebody can't just stay focused. So there's an there's there's actually a, an, an attitude measurement, if you will, that people are, are cognizant of and paying attention. And if your attitude isn't in line with what's needed, you're you're out. There's Absolutely, no... and, the, and the instructors there are all, you know, there there's instructors from every service, mm-hmm. and especially, you know, if I'm a marine instructor down there, and I have a student that I, you know, I don't think he's got the the right attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, we either need to talk about it or find a new place for him because I'm gonna have to work with him. Right, and you know we got a 
we have a small community, uh, so we try to keep uh, the right people in there yeah. to do the right things because it is a tough job. Yeah. Uh, well, we just we were just coming on, and you were talking about you know when you get deployed. Mm-hmm. T- tell that story because that's the <laughs> so typically when we deploy, we're in um, two to three man teams, and you're you're with each other all the time, especially in Iraq where we were really really busy. Afghanistan was really busy too, but. Uh, uh, you're just around the same one or two people all the time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, at two months in, you're kind of like, you're you're sick of each other already. You know, you're, you're, <laughs> you're telling each other what's, you know, I don't like the way you tie your boots. I don't, you eat too loud. Like, <laughs> I hate your face. I hate your face. <laughs> I can't stand you. And then, you know, it, it gets further into deployment and you're like, man, I can't wait to never see this guy again. And then you're separated for a couple hours and you're like, I can't live without him. Where is he? You know? <laughs> You're like, oh, man, where's my buddy? I miss your face. I miss your like, anchor man. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, man. And so let me, let me, and I don't know the answers to some of these things, and this is, the podcast is meant to be kind of free-flowing, but do you remember what it was like the first time that you really put your life in other people's hands? Like, do you remember what that, because that has to be a huge, like, that comfort level. Like, when you started, when you got into the Marines, where you right out of the gate, like, I'm in this, I'm in this to win this, I'm going to do everything I can, I'm going to look out for everybody, I know everybody's going to look out for me. Or was there a, a buildup of trust that needed to happen? Like, what what was that? There's definitely a buildup. And some of the other communities in the Marine Corps aren't as lucky as we are. Um, us, recon, uh, some of the smaller communities uh, that do a lot of workups together. Mm-hmm. So we're around each other all the time, and we're you know we work out together, we eat together, we train together, we do everything together, and and that just kind of builds up over time. Uh, I didn't have that in my old MOS, my old military occupational specialty, mm-hmm. before I went over. What was that? I was an electrician actually. Oh wow! Yeah, I was. Uh, I was a utilities guy. No kidding. And uh, I didn't like it. I wasn't doing everything that I could, but uh, yeah, it definitely builds up over time and. Uh, I guess I really didn't even think about it, you know, my first deployment and we're going out the gate and just going out to do it. Yeah. And it just, it felt natural. I just did it. Wow. And it's just, and then it just, it was just there. Game on. It has to be. You yeah. Know? And uh, it's, it's kind of tough to explain. Nobody's ever asked me that before. That's, that's a really good question. But I can't, I, I can't say though. If there's anybody else than than my teammates that I've worked up with, it, it wouldn't have been as easy. You know, yeah. it's, it's all that that team camaraderie and and um, and relationship for sure. Do you think that was a uh, do you, when you say your team? Do you think that was because of the people, or do you think that was because of the, how this is all built? And it would have you know if you had other if you got put on another team, like do you have did you have different teams on each deployment or did, absolutely yeah. okay. Uh, so you had you so you in essence on, on four deployments you had a minimum of twelve to fifteen different marines that you had to right. put and still trust in. Well, I guess uh, what I meant by that is like outside my EOD community. Yeah, uh, EOD draws a certain type of person, as you found yeah. out. <laughs> We're not an really, awesome person. <laughs> we'll call it awesome. Yeah, I like that. Uh, <laughs> no, but it's there was a time where any of us could have crossed over to any team mm-hmm. and and even now I bet you there's probably some personality conflicts and stuff like that but we would all just work together yeah. seamlessly I, 
I, I know we would because we're here for the same purpose. Right. Which that means a lot. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, no, I just I think about like life and um, you're the holder of the bottle opener if you don't mind. Um, I think about just in life the fact that for most people to trust one person is a lot. Right. Think about just general life, just business, relationships, whatever. To trust one person with with everything, that takes a lot for people. And you, over the course of 18 years, had countless that, that you just now instinctively and naturally are like, that Marine's got my back. I know it. Let's go. Absolutely. Let's go do this. Let's get it done. Yeah. That's. I think that's rare. I think that's ex- extremely rare. And I probably it's probably even rare. Like you say, outside the EOD community, it's probably rare in in a lot of areas in the service to have such, you know, capable trust. Oh yeah, not every MOS has that. Mm-hmm. That's it's definitely dependent on, uh, well, the individual for yeah. sure, uh, but also the job that you're doing and and what it requires of you. You know, not just your brains and your guts, it's it's something else altogether. And I think that's what guys miss a lot about the military when they when they get out is that it really is a brotherhood. Mm-hmm. And I I trust and love those guys like they're my family. They are my family. Right. They've been my family forever. Eighteen years. They yeah. cut, cut a couple more and then to figure out the what's next, right? Yeah, I'm going to be a Walmart grader. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what are you doing right now? You're, you're you've now kind of transitioned. You're doing some some different stuff. Um, swimming a lot. Swim a lot. Yeah. So uh, I got me and another guy uh, who we've worked together for a long, long time uh, since like 2008. Uh, we got put in charge of a a Marine Corps experiment to find explosive hazards in the surf zone. Yeah. So basically from the beach out until about 40 feet of seawater, mm-hmm. and we're just testing systems, and I swim a lot, I'm on the boat a lot, I get sunburned a lot, Yep. Um, and I'm learning a, about a whole new bag of tricks. So were you always a big swimmer? Always. Really? Yeah. Growing up in Michigan, my, that was my babysitter. Yeah. My dad just put me in the water, and <laughs> he's fine. Just toss, toss you in, have, have at it? Actually, yeah. Yeah. Actually, he, he tossed me off the... Um, off the seawall into the St. Clair River. Okay. I was pretty young. He's like, well, <laughs> see if you can swim. I call it the, uh, the John Moran School of Swimming. I do it with my kids, too. I'm yeah. like, all right, good luck. See ya. Yeah. Yeah, I saw the, <laughs> saw the video last night of throwing the throwing the uh, the, uh, the temperature baton in the in the deep end. Oh, the little sink. The, yeah. Yeah, toss. The, yeah, the toy that you pull off the bottom of the pool. I don't know what the hell you call it. Go get it. Yeah. <laughs> and she's an animal. Yeah. She's an animal. Yeah. Well, you know, as you as you take a sip, and I see all the tattoos, I have to I have to get the story. I have to tell the story. You knew I was going to do this. <laughs> um, you know, it's amazing because we just spent you know better part of fifteen minutes talking about you know you as a marine and the service that you've done and the, and the commitments that you have and all this stuff. But the thing that I have just I, I admire, I appreciate, and I love about you is with all of that said, and you are truly you know in a lot of aspects to many and most myself included a badass and and you know the, the, you, you could be on the poster of you know a marine a marine poster to get people amped up and excited and I appreciate but, that that's a that's but, a hell of a compliment but you're 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 a good human you're a sensitive human you're a caring human 
Um, just a, just an all around good guy. Like we just laugh and I have told fun. Told not to tell anybody. Yeah, I know, I know. But I mean, I'm I mean, all about low expectations. <laughs> look, we were going to do this podcast last night. We got all caught up and cutting up and telling stories and, and jokes and taking Ubers to the sushi place and and just you know that we couldn't even do this. Right. And, and it it was because it was engaging, it was authentic, and it was genuine. So with all of that said, I Amy tells me a story that I was amazed that you didn't tell me. You've got an incredible love for your brother. My older brother is is my best friend. Yeah, he, he was my. You know, I, I wanted to be Ian Grant when I grew up. You know, he was my. He <laughs> still is a big part of my life and my idol. He's he's awesome. Yeah. So, in appreciation for your brother being so awesome, you gave him an incredible, fortieth birthday gift. Yeah, I didn't know what to get him. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're having some beers one night. And uh, I was like, God, what am I going to get Ian for his 40th? It's like, it's got to be big. It's got to be big. <laughs> it's going to be huge. Yeah, it's got to be huge. So uh, we're sitting there drinking beers, and uh, I was like, well, to get a tattoo. We've got enough tattoos. Yeah. Like, if I get one more tattoo, nobody's going to notice. So I decided to uh, tattoo his face with a happy birthday message on my right butt cheek. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And it's, I was hoping my tattoo artist, I called him up and I had a few uh, adult pops in me. And I was like, hey, will you tattoo my brother's face in my ass? And he's like, absolutely. <laughs> he's like, call me in the morning if you still want to do that. That's hilarious. I'm like, all right. So I give him this picture and it's it's not a very flattering picture. I was hoping he was going to like clean it up, you yeah. know, but he's smiling all funny and he's got kind of a double chin going on and <laughs> do you have a picture of this uh, i'll just show you oh great this you. is the first time that i'm actually gonna say okay i'm gonna look at a man's ass but i i just uh, this is this is too much <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that is the single greatest birthday present anybody could ever get that is fantastic Oh, Mike, that's legit, like, <laughs> happy birthday, Ian, with his face. <laughs> All the way down to the hat and everything. Oh, my God, that's fantastic. I don't know why he put Ian in parentheses, though. <laughs> he spelt it right. That's You got that going for you. You know what? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like those uh, those bad tattoos you see on, like, Instagram and stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, no regrets. Yeah, no regrets. <laughs> <laughs> I got the other side for you, buddy. Yeah, well, that's coming. Going on I'm going to be 44 next month, so I can't wait. I can't wait. Make sure it's a good shot of me. No double chins. Maybe an action photo, something really cool, um, like a moving thing. So, like, as your butt cheek's moving, I'm, like, running in place or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so what did your brother think about that? I mean, was he was he impressed? Was he... I think at first, I sent him a picture because I was obviously laying on my stomach when he was doing the tattoo. Mm -hmm. And uh, so <laughs> I took my phone and I, I took a selfie. I put my arms up over my head. So I was like taking a shot like down yeah. my back. And uh, my friend Brandon, who did the tattoo, is sitting there and he's all hunched over. And the picture of him that he's using is on my lower back. Yeah. And my my pants are pulled down a little bit and he's obviously tattooing my butt cheek. Yeah. And I sent him that picture, and he's like, why is there, why is there a picture of me on your look? What are you getting tattooed on your ass? <laughs> There's just this stream of questions coming through via text. 
And I'm like, don't worry about it. And like half hour later, I sent him a picture of the final product. And he's like, are you effing kidding me, dude? <laughs> I think he was kind of upset about it at first. And now every time that I see him, he takes a picture. He's like, put your pants down. And he like puts his face next to my butt and takes a picture. <laughs> that's fantastic. Like, that's just like, you know, you got to think about, like, I could just imagine you having a couple beers sitting there being like, Man, I love my brother so much. It's going to be 40. It's a big birthday. What do I get him? I got it. I'm going to tattoo his face to my butt with happy birthday on it. Yep. Perfect. That's just like wide open. Fantastic. How long did that take? What was like? Like an hour and a half. That's not bad. No, it's not bad at all. Yeah. It's a different sensation, though. Yeah. I, I can't. I, I just can't. I can't do it. What do you mean you can't uh, do it? I can't do it. I went, uh, I went with Frawley when he got... He got the um, the big Irish thing that he did on his on his arm, and Amy got one on her foot. And I watched both of them. I can't do it. I just I can't. I just I'm not I'm not good with needles. Nobody is. I'm not good ne- with needles, and I don't think I'm good with pain. And I think both of those things are what you have to do with a tattoo. I think I cried when I did a peel and stick one once, so I think I... <laughs> <laughs> the, the head tattoo yeah, you, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got one, like, on your front of your... You got, like, a skull and crossbones on the front of your shin, don't you? Yeah. That, and it's huge. Yeah. Because I saw it when we played golf, and I was like, that had to... That just had to be, like, that's right on your bone. That had, that had to hurt. No, not at all. Come on, man. No, it's it's just like getting scratched. It's not like you're getting jabbed with... It's not like... You know, it's not, it's not like, like stabbing you like countless times. Well, it is, but it's not deep. It's not like... Mm. I don't know how to explain it. Do me a favor, don't, because I'm not going to change my mind. No? I've been thinking about doing something, but it's like... I'll make you a deal. I was thinking about Your doing like... on my ass, and yeah. you have to get a tattoo. Of What? I don't know, man. That's like, I like mean, a cool. Well, look uh, at these guns. I mean, cool, I don't want to mess these guns up with cool barbed like, wire some, uh, armband or something. Yeah. Well, oh yeah, I get a tribal band around my six-inch pipes. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You have to keep that arm hair trimmed so get, you can see it. Yeah. Get get the uh, get the Roto Rooter logo on my arm because I'm a pipe guy. You don't give yourself enough credit, man. Gun show, baby. You're one of the most awesome individuals I've ever well, met in my entire life, man. I love you. <laughs> I love you. Give yourself too. a little credit. I love that too. Well, the the, the 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 arms could use a little bit of a little bit of tweaking. Thank you, so, Well, thank you. I got I get this thing I'm working on. I, I say I was growing this because I wanted to be able to get Danny and Chance's feet tattooed on my stomach because they got big feet. Um, Danny's got size almost size. His feet his feet are almost bigger than mine at twelve. He's a monster. He's an absolute beast. Absolutely. I, I mean, I feel bad. Amy's food bill and, and clothing bill for him is just like goes through stuff. I saw these clothes now that they got that they, have you seen this? Like, they look like an accordion. They, they, they go seven sizes for kids. What? Oh, yeah. I'll show you a picture of this afterwards. It's absolutely hysterical. You, your kid looks like a, like a legit accordion. It just stretches out and grows in. It's all cubed up. It's it's goofy. You find the funniest I will, shit ever. Well, I know. It's like... but. You gotta, you gotta be looking at this stuff. You gotta be seeing like, is this legit? Does it work? And then I was like, because the, the, the headline was, clothes seven size clothing. So you go through seven sizes of clothing with one pair of pants or something. I'm like, oh, this is cool. And I looked at it, and they just like stretch it out and close it in. It's like this weird fabric, but it's goofy as all get out. I mean, I mean yeah, you don't. That's not a good look, is it? No, you can't do that. Too. No, you can't pull that off. No, 
But you, Danny would go for it just because he'd be like, "Oh, that you know that that makes sense. That is, it's a good, it's a great idea. Let's yeah. let's do this." And he'd be like, "Yeah, give us." And you know what? He'll be the only one wearing it in school, and he'll, he will rock that shit. He'll just be like, "What's up?" Here I am. And I love that he doesn't care. I, I love yeah, it. Yeah, doesn't have a care in the world. So, <laughs> so he got the tattoos. We got we got some of your 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 background on Marines. So, what do you do like? What do you do to decompress? What do you do to like wind down? You you build them. You making furniture. I make furniture for people every once in a while. They're yeah. outdoor furniture. Uh, I work out a lot because uh, that just helps me. Yeah. Just get rid of all the all the stuff in my mind. And lets me focus on on life. I yeah. I gotta do it. Yeah. Uh, I like to fish. Um. I like to call you and, and listen to your stories because you're my favorite storyteller of all time. <laughs> going to be a child child book story reader is I, what we decided last night. I think you can do it. You know what? Why watch the news when you can call Josh? And... <laughs> <laughs> do, some, do some story time. Dave, you want shit? Listen to this one. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's uh, it, we have we have fun, you know. That's the most important thing is, like, you know... Uh, it was kind of like last night. It was just was sitting there having sushi, and it's like the TV's on, the Padres are going to play in 20 minutes, and we're like, yeah, let's just go catch a game for a few innings, see what happens. And then, you know, it was, it was just like a comedy of errors of, of just funny stuff. You know, I'm, but, glad, we, I'm glad we didn't go to the game because I, I wouldn't have been able to catch up with you. We you know what? Keeping score. You said something so perfect last night, which was things aren't looking like they like We were trying to force a computer system went down. Like, all this stuff happened. To say, don't go to the game. I just kept pushing and pushing. You just looked at me like, it's just, this is just a sign that we're not going, we shouldn't, we shouldn't go in there. And it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like it was like a bad thing. It's just like, we probably shouldn't, like something's telling us not to do this. And I think that's, you know, that's something in life that all of us probably, we try to push things so hard to happen. And it's not meant to happen. And we and then we, we get pissed off at the result. Oh, yeah. Like, well, why did that backfire? Well, you worked so hard for it to work. And it didn't work, didn't work, it didn't work. When you finally got there, the, the, the you know, if we actually got into the game, I and mean, we wasted four innings just trying to get on the computer system to oh, get man, the home plate. Oh, we were in line for, what, a half hour? Oh, my God, it was, it was forever. Minutes. So it's like the, the excitement and the motivation of it would have lost its, its luster. But we had fun, you know, that's, that's, you know, that's the key is, like, have a good time. We were down here a year ago, which, by the way, if you get... If you want a VRBO in San Diego, look up yachts because it's the greatest thing in the world. You to like do. my boat? You like my boat? <laughs> <laughs> so I couldn't believe it, man. When, we, when I came in town, you're like, I have a boat that I'm staying on. I'm like, what? <laughs> yep. You walk out there and it's just, what? That thing had 60, like, 60 feet. 60 feet. Yeah. It's got queen beds in it, showers, yeah, yeah. toilets. Three staterooms. Like, I got a captain coming here. We're going for a ride. I'm like, <laughs> you're ridiculous, man. That's yeah. what I love about yeah. you. Well, you know, it's funny. Is, is people like, uh, so I spent a lot of time at this double tree, which is really cool because the, the reason why I wanted to stay here was we fly by. San Diego is the busiest single runway commercial airline or airport in the in the world. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Single runway. Always you go in one in one way, go out one way. It never changes. And um, I know it's busiest in the country. I'm, I'm 99 percent sure it's the busiest in the world. And so every time I fly in over the mountains, I always look over here to see if anybody's like outside, and I wave to them. Like, I'm in the, yeah. <laughs> so I hope so they can see I've been me. sitting out here for like a good couple of hours collectively over my time. 
I just sit out here and I wave to the planes and I'm like, because I want to be like, I always want to see just it's, it's just stupid. But you literally fly by, the, you know what it's like. You fly, oh, yeah. you, you buzz in the buildings downtown. And you're and then when you're in the plane, you're looking out that little pie hole of a window. You're like, I wonder if I can see anybody. I wonder what's going on. I wonder if I'm in the glass. So I've just been out there waving. I've been throwing my pillow around like I'm <laughs> like SOS and people. I got a bed sheet up. <laughs> How's your day? I'm over here. <laughs> got a sign, welcome to San Diego. You know, every time I fly into San Diego, I, I look over and I see MCRD, Marine Corps Recruit Depot. Oh, yeah. And I see yeah, the, on the right. I see the building that I went to boot camp in where our barracks were. I almost throw up. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, your, that's your memory of, like, your fond memory of... Yeah, of, I look uh, over and I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. Now look at me. Bad haircut. Yeah. Bad tattoos. Yeah. I think you've got great tattoos. Sitting in a hotel room with one of my best friends. Bingo. Bingo. Drinking, drinking, <laughs> drinking a Corona or two, thinking about things. But, you know, that's, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of interesting of, of, uh, that Marine Corps depot. I saw it for the first time yesterday. I never, I, I typically always sit on the left hand side of the plane. For the purpose of being able to wave, and yesterday I was <laughs> so yesterday. I mean that's but that's single runway, same way in, same way out, and I didn't get to wave. And I saw the I saw the sign actually for the first time because about it's about halfway down the runway, depending on where you land, because uh, the runway actually starts right after the the road, but yeah. the 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 tag lines that they're supposed to touch down are like half a mile further further down. So. Um, we touched down, and I looked over, and I saw it. I was like, oh, I never saw that before. And I was like, oh, it's because I'm always sitting on the left side of the plane. To just weird, weird we'll stuff. on the I other do. side next time. Yeah. We'll <laughs> <the recruits. laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I'm already on the ground. I mean, I'm barely even moving. Like, hey, they're like, look at that idiot. He must sit on the left side normally, and he's got on the right this time. <laughs> was it new? Yeah, new, new idiot flying into town. <laughs> hey, look at the idiot. First, first timer. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I'll tell you what. Uh, I started doing that. Um, the next thing I want to do is I want to stay in a yurt. So, like, if you go in VRBO or, like, these rental places, mm-hmm. like, people rent out, like, really interesting things. That's how I found the yacht. So if you go into, like, the, the – I found that cabin in Vermont, which was fantastic. That was amazing. Yeah. So, like, I'm – That's I, just a testament to how awesome a human being you are. <laughs> so – I was in town or in Vermont for some training, and this guy is like, "Hey, I'm gonna rent you a cabin. You, Amy, and Danny go fish," which was another experience altogether. Mm-hmm. Because Danny's just the smartest human in the world, wearing Velcro shoes, putting the milk in the cupboard and the cereal in the refrigerator. <laughs> I'll build you a rocket, but <laughs> damn it, I can't work this fishing pole. <laughs> I, can't, I can't cast to save your life, yeah. He caught a couple of fish. He did good. Oh, yeah. I just turned around. He's got that bird nest like I was telling you that story yeah. last night. He's like, I don't know. I'm done. I'm all done. <laughs> I give up. You want to do some nuclear physics? I'm yeah. like, nah. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's <laughs> it, yeah. He, I, well, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm at fault for that. Uh, Amy's actually really good with fishing. Um, Amy? Yeah. Yeah. She's, I think she, she, she actually got on the water up there. Yeah. You'd been impressed. She did a great job. Oh yeah. No, she's, she's, she's a swimmer. She does great. Um, but for me, like, first of all, outdoors, I, I hate to say it reluctantly. I, I have to be forced for most things. 
Really? But you were an awesome hockey player. Yeah, but fishing is like, uh, mediocre was, was hockey, but that was like pond hockey. And you told me I was like a nightingale. And I, I do. I believe we're the worst. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 but I was, I never ice fished because I was skating. And I never, uh, I never really got into, you know, I didn't actually go fishing until I was old enough to drink. So then it was just drinking. Like, you go out on the boat, you hang out with the guys, you have a good time. Oh, especially ice fishing. Yeah. Well, I've, never, I've actually never to this day been ice fishing. You sit in a... Like a, a heated hut. Yeah. And some of them have direct TV. And you just sit in there and watch a hockey game and get roadhoused. Who gets, who's, got a, who's got direct TV in their fishing hut? People in Michigan. Really? Yeah. See, if I was going to do that, then that's that's where I'd want to be. I'd want to be... I want you to go down the Google. Go- <laughs> it's worth the Google. Consult the Google Oracle. Google ice fishing... We gotta see this. Like bitchin' ice shanties. <laughs> Baller ice shanties. Baller. How do you spell ice shanty? Ice shanty. That's see. a great question. I'm a terrible speller. Clam ice fish fishing shelters. IceShanties.com. Oh, dude, some of these things are sick. Oh yeah, they got bunk beds in them. Oh. This they got uh, room for step class. Do you eat Jazz perch? Class. Yes. You do. Really? Walleye, perch. I've never actually, like, I mean, restaurants don't sell perch, right? They do in Michigan. That's the only answer I have for you. I apologize. That's all right. Well, they do in Michigan. I haven't lived there in 18 years. These guys play for keeps. This guy's got it hooked up to a car. Like, it's in the car. Well, you drive your you drive your truck out on Look the at ice. this thing. Yeah. That's not a car. That's like a, that's like a house car. I've never even seen something like that. It's an ice house car. It's a, it's amazing. Yeah. All right. Well, now you've you've somewhat piqued my interest. <clears throat> now I need to find someone, someone's out there that's got direct TV ice fishing setups. I want in. Well, now I want to I want to test the water. Just you can just stream, right? Oh, you could do that too. Yeah. All right. Well, now I need somebody to take me ice fishing. That's what we need to do because I haven't done it. I'm going to take it to Michigan, we're going to go ice and, fishing. And Danny can't bird nest that, because it's all like you just wrap it down and drop it with the... You can do a hand thing. So he, we can't screw that up. See, I just took that heat a week, because if, if I was fishing with you in Vermont, he learned that whole bird nest, he learned that from me. <laughs> <laughs> and this is what I would do. See, you would have been in the water, or I, you would have forced me to be in the water chasing the fishing pole, because I would have done that, and I would have been like, I've had enough of this. I just throw that shit right in the water. <laughs> I just make I just make it pretend go away. You do not give yourself mm. enough credit, man. Mm. I'm not I'm not into the fi- I'm not a fisherman. I am definitely not a fisherman. I'm not I'm not like I said. I I told you about the climb that I did with with uh, Ralston in October. I that was the longest I had been outside like straight like that, and I don't know how. Man, long. when you're telling me that story, I just I was looking at you like, dude, I love you, man. <laughs> you just you're the best. Yeah. You gotta read. You gotta read. So my. Uh, my CEO put a post on LinkedIn like a month ago, and I talk about uh, I talk about um, I talk about uh, uh, leadership and some of the components that go with it, and and the fact that you know understanding the people that you're leading and understanding where you should stand, whether it's behind, in front, aside, you know, right. determining to, for growth. And I used a couple of videos of Ralston where he was at the beginning, he was standing behind me, he was allowing me to set the pace. Right. With support from behind, because if I just followed him, I would never truly, I would just be following his footsteps. Right. And then as we got to thirteen five, 
um, with the effort to get to 14-2. I was, I was gassed. I was delirious. It was a mess. I had no backpack on. He's now in front of me trying to guide me, you know, to show this stuff. And it's, it's pretty powerful, and it's also emotional. And so my CEO puts this post up with me standing in front of this audience talking, and you can see in the background me just hunched over in this part of this video. And Ralston writes, so it puts on the post, like, is, did you share the story about how you were crying? Your tears turned frozen and made a Yeti toothbrush or something like that? I'm like, <laughs> oh, God, because the story's so much better than reality. The reality was I was miserable. I thought I was going to die. I broke down. I was crying. I yelled at a guy and told him, you know, I'm stuck and how do I get, you know, how do I get out of here? And he says, get unstuck. You know, like all this stuff, like, transpired and happened. And then he Yeah, you're not he scared spills, to go He spills my beans. Things. No. Mm-mm. You know, and that's... It's, it's cool. It's volumes yeah. about you, man. Really. But, because, dude, leadership is leadership is tough. Yeah. I'm here to tell you. And and learning how to do it on the fly with different personnel all the time. You know, that I had a I had a, a senior guy told me one time, you know, if the if the only tool in your toolbox is a hammer as a leader, mm-hmm. you're you're never gonna go anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, you might reach a couple here and there, but it's just not it's not gonna work. Right. But at least you go out and you press the limits. Hmm. You know, and I think that's lacking in society nowadays. Like, why would I do that? That would hurt. Right. It's like, well, but you found something in yourself on that mountain. Right. Well, I did, and and I found the reality of I need to do it again. Like, I need to, like, I need to complete it, and that's, you know. Complete it, or you left something else out there and you want to go find it? Probably a little bit of both. Yeah. Um, if that's possible, like, I'm not, you know, the, the pumpkin paddle was one thing was like, it was three miles and I got like probably a half mile legit. And, you know, and then next thing you know, I'm doing eight miles the following year. And that was just like, I honestly didn't even think I was, I, I like, I just wanted to be a half a mile. I didn't yeah. care about getting eight miles at a time. It was one paddle at a time. And, and then the hike was, you know, Ralston just said, cause I was, I was done. Like, look, I'm 43 years old. I got a, I got a sixteen month old, a twelve year old. I got an incredible woman. I've got family. I've got all this stuff. I got a lot of great stuff. Like I don't need to prove anything. I think I've proven a, a, no, a lot you enough. Passed the grit test, right? I passed. I passed a lot of that stuff. So I'm sitting in the parking lot at the bottom of Quandary Peak, going, "What the hell am I doing?" And I had already backed out twice. Ralston comes, shows up at the hotel the night before, and I'm getting ready to tell him I'm not going to go. And then he cuts open all the tags on my Camelback and on all my gear, and I'm like, "Great, now you just now I can't return this shit. I got to use it, <laughs> right? Because now I got now I got to do it. Like, because I was gonna, that was my back out. I was gonna be like, hey, I did, this stuff isn't used. I can return it. I can get my money back. It's still here. Let's go get tacos. Have a good night. <laughs> and next thing you know, he's there with his leatherman. He's cutting it up and telling me this, and he was excited. So you know, so I did it. And th- so then the next morning, we're in the parking lot, still snowing. And I'm like, what the hell am I doing? He's like, dude, just one foot in front of the other. Like, just do one foot in front of the other until you can anymore. And then what I forgot about was whenever I stop, I'm actually only 50% there. So, like, if I can't move another foot, the reality is I'm only 50% of wherever I need to be because I got to go back down, right? So it's a whole different, like, mindset and shift of things. But, you know, I think you're right. I think that a lot of people, like, for me and what people compliment me on is, like, it's stupidity. Like I'm, it's, it's it, it looks like it's stupidity. It's saying I don't know what's possible, but I'm gonna try. Like I'm, I'm okay with getting a thirteen five. 
but I want to get to fourteen two. But I got to get someplace first. Like I got to get out of the car. Yeah, I got to take a step. People think that's stupid, man. I I don't know what to tell them because uh, think last about, night you you kept on saying life experiences, life experiences, life experiences. Yeah. I don't know if that makes you who you are or anything like that, but man, you learn things about yourself all the time. And I, I'm a firm believer that in this life. You know, stronger people have to be a certain person for somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be a conversation, it could be a lifetime relationship, mm-hmm. whatever it is. But those life experiences do build you into somebody that somebody else needs to rely on. You know, somebody's going to find. Yeah. I find a lot of strength in you, dude. Talking to you is, you know, I need that. Yeah, I, I needed to hear you know life experience over and over again last mm-hmm. night because sometimes I'm just going through the motions. Yeah. Well, it goes, it's a two-way street. I'll never forget. Um, I'll never forget. It was probably, um, shoot, 2010, 2011. I start telling the story, and I'm, I'm hoping you're going to remind Remember, you'll probably chuckle at the fact that I was a slobbering idiot, but I was I was doing a tour at Dallas Cowboys Stadium. I think the statute of limitations probably expired, but I found Jimmy Jones' perch where he sits up there, and I had a whole fridge full of Miller lights it was great <laughs> I did a, did the private tour and may or, may or may not have drank one of those Miller lights and they were delicious um, Ice cool. but Amy called and she was devastated because Lady died in her arms one of our dogs that she rescued mm-hmm. and uh, and I was completely just lost I'm stuck in Dallas it's 9 o'clock at night I can't get home I feel helpless and you were the first person and the only person I called, thankfully, because I was a blubbering idiot. The, the, the car service guy, was the, he was listening in on the whole thing. <laughs> but I, you just sat there. You know, one of the things that, was, that I'll never forget was I was irrational. I was, I was upset. I was sad. I was someone that very much has to have control of many things in my life, which is crazy because a month out of the year, if you were to take all my flights... I put a month of my year in other people's hands in the air. Oh, 36,000 yeah. feet, you know, 100 plus flights a year. That's crazy. Um, you know, I if you factored in all the stuff that's out of my control and I say, look, oh, I'm a, I'm a control freak or whatever, I really have very little control. But at the time, I thought, you know, I've got control. I've got, you know, everything's put together. And I remember just being completely in this state of, like, devastation and what do I do and how do I do it. And you sat there and you listened to me for like probably ten minutes, crying like just an idiot in the back seat. I went, I went so far past the dog dying to every other thing that's happened in life, and you were just like, uh huh, uh huh, and you're like, get home when you can, do what you got to do, take care of it. Everybody knows that you're doing the best that you can, and I'm like, wow, like at that moment I needed. Someone that someone was you, and you did it like spot on, and that's did you carry a people you step a lot up. of people's gear, man? Well, you do, and and you do the same. And everybody it's, loves you for it. You let it build up sometimes, and sometimes <laughs> you just need to hear like, "Hey, look at dipshit. Yeah. You're in Dallas. <laughs> Tell you. It's, it's a dog. It's, yeah. yeah, we're all gonna be okay. Yeah, yeah. You know the worst thing about not to not to go off of this, but. The worst thing about our pets that they is when they die, they all die in the dead of winter when it's negative forty out. And you can't bury them. No, you can't bury them. You can't. The lady, I had to go home. I had to build a fire to thaw the ground and to get it 
you know, soft enough. And there was like two feet of snow. So I'm outside. Amy's crying. Ladies and, you know, and we got to bury, like, I feel bad for whoever buys like our house down the road because we've you know we've got some of our pets are out there. Pet cemetery. Oh, pet cemetery. Yeah, pet cemetery. What was that dog that used to bite you all the time? Oh, Cinda. Cinda. Yeah, dude. I can't. Cinda. Yeah, she broke a tooth off of my toe. <laughs> that dog was nasty. And you want to know what? She was like, she and I had this love hate relationship, it, and it was like I loved her and she hated me, and that's just that's just the way it was. But I mean. Amy rescued her. I mean, it, it, Amy's just got such a big heart with these rescuing of these animals. And I just like, like right now we have Mr. Klein. Klein is just like, he's, he's just, he's hysterical. Um, he's probably 10 now. They found him. <laughs> Mr. Klein. I call him Mr. Klein. Majestic beast. He's uh, 14 pounds of pure steel and sex appeal. And uh, yeah. He's, oh my God. He's like a Manchester Terrier or a Min Pin, like 14 pounds. And the tornado that ripped through Massachusetts went through 76 miles of Massachusetts dead center. If you want something to look at and Google, do a tornado Massachusetts, and you can see the defined line from the, the, the space center or this, um, you know, the international space station. And so the day after that, they found him in a dumpster and they thought that he got picked up by like, like wizard of Oz style and thrown in a dumpster. <laughs> and he was just a mess. Right. Well, he ended up getting all these surgeries, got, uh, found out that his, the owner, whoever it was, burned him with acid, so he's missing the toes, and he's got his, his skin, his uh, chin had to get skin graft, because he poured the acid down his chin, yeah, and went geez. down to his toes. And so Cinder was like, Cinder was the first introduction, Klein has been the most recent, and so after Cinder broke her tooth off of my toe before she passed away, and bit me a hundred times and everything else, but she just looked at me, she's like, I'm sorry, I don't know, I don't like you, I like Amy, I don't like you. So I said to Amy, I said, let's get... If Klein is receptive to me, then we'll get him. But if he's not, then you know, no dice, Jim Rice. And so, uh, so we go out. We go out to this this um, we we go out to this friend of ours, Karen Anderson. She had this New Beginnings dog rescue, and she took in every animal that nobody else would. Like Lady, we called her Mudflap. She was found on the back. She was found on the side of the road. She was grossly obese. Karen got her weight down, and all her fat went down to the back. She had a fat sack and went down to the back. So it was like a mud flap on the back of her, right? And she was like 100. And Karen took her in, fixed her up. Amy takes her in, give her whatever life. We only had her for like six months. She was just this angry dog. I got to post a picture of that dog. She just looked angry all the time. But she was just a wretched old, like, angry dog. But she was just the nicest thing. Smelled awful. Um, but Klein, so we go out to see Klein. And, and Klein goes right up to Amy, loves on her. Loves on Danny, comes over to me, just growls and snaps at me. And I'm like, done. Looks like our dog, because I just knew I was going to be in for a, a Cinder repeat. But uh, he's he's been nice. He hasn't bit me yet. Um, yeah, he's been he's actually been been very nice. Cinder's, Cinder was uh, Cinder was like a thousand years old. Oh my god, dude. Well, that was the whole thing. Like when when Amy and Danny moved in, and you know that was one of the things. Amy's like, you know, I don't, I don't. Uh, you know, I don't want the dogs to have, you know come to the house and be a you know nuisance and all this stuff. And I was like, man, Cinda's probably she's probably gonna die before you guys move in no, here. Like, never. no, she she lasted for like five plus years. Like, I, I remember asked, she'd start to teeter and stuff. Oh and yeah, walk, you know, walk oh, yeah. kind of crooked. Like, oh, here it comes, mm -hmm. here it comes, and then she'd like all shake the time. It she, she, oh yeah, yeah, she would. <laughs> shake, oh yeah. Well, it was crazy. Was she would have these like uh, she'd have like these seizures. I don't even know where this came into like play. One night she had this this seizure where she like she just fell over, 
So I'm like, I went to the kitchen to get something. I got her, I got a slice of white bread. I don't even know why the hell I did it. I put it in her mouth. She ate it. Like two minutes later, she's up, she's up walking around. She's like, hey, this is good. You got a sandwich in my, you know, she, oh yeah. So every time she do it, I give her a piece of bread. She eat the bread, <laughs> cured, fixed. It was perfect. Man, I, I lost my, my mastiff a while ago and I, that hurt me so bad. Ugh. And you know what? If I can't believe somebody, well, you know what? I can't believe. That's the worst part. I can't believe somebody burnt Mr. Klein oh, yeah. with acid. You know what? And I, If you hurt animals like that, that will hurt you back. Yeah. That's just not. You know, the hard part with that, okay. so the hard part with that, I lived with a lot of anger in my life. Um, over things and, and I'm not there's no way that I would ever say that any of it's okay but you have to you have to wonder and at least at least wonder or think about what pain that person went through to be able to do that right like I always say I don't think people are born bad I, I really don't I think that people are born into bad situations I think that they're born with people that might have bad intentions I think that they're born into a legacy of continued abuse, neglect, whatever it is, learn that, that learn behaviors and things. But I don't believe that there's a single person that's born with any chemical inside of them that says, when I get older, I'm going to burn dogs or do whatever. Right. There's something there. And, and, and I don't want to say I feel compassion, but I, I, I do wonder what that person had to go through and endure right. to find comfort and because that's what people do right that's what bullies do that's what all these things do. they find comfort in putting pain into others and you know that's uh, like i i was like i i would i would when we got klein so we we karen told us about it we we supported getting them rehabilitated and everything else and then said we'd love to adopt them and you know going through that process i can remember telling him like i would love to just have two minutes with the guy or girl that did this because i just i just wring their neck and i'd hurt them and then you know all these years later i you know i often think about it and i see some things and i go that person had to have gone through and you'll never hear it all but that person had to have gone through a whole bunch of shit right to be in that that tough of a spot i think we've all, all been there where we're hurt and then we uh do or say something that you know, isn't exactly us. Yeah. I get it. Uh, I don't know. I think I'd still want that two or three minutes. Alone, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can still, we can still figure out if we can find a way to, to, to get, you know, to get to that person. And some, you know, one of the hardest things is, um, is, is looking at when they, when people do get caught with doing stuff like that, they just had one and, and, um, Quincy's dog just got, man, just got totally abused. And they tried to, bring her back and had to ultimately put her to sleep and the 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 worst part about it all was the way this person didn't look remorseful about it and you just I looked at it and said there's no can't make it better but there's no making the situation of moving forward better like there's no way to rehabilitate or fix or do anything because that person's gonna person's not remorseful going to do the worst possible job for themselves imposing who they are go to jail for a long time right and come out most likely not not be not be a changed person not be not be found because you can't do anything without work isn't jail where people go to become better criminals i think that i think that does happen from time to time i believe there's a fairly high percentage of people that 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 actually is accredited to yeah Mm -hmm. i've even heard stories of people you know leaving jail and they leave 
you know, a TV or a radio behind with somebody like, hey, I'll probably be back in a couple yeah. of months. Just hang out of this with me. Well, I mean, people that go to, <laughs> well, I mean, there's a lot of times that people go to jail and they get out and they think it's better being locked up. You know, it's, it's, it's routine. Three hots and a cot. Yeah, three hots and a cot. It's routine. They get to, you know, that, that life is, is crazy for them, you know, and that's, you know, I don't know. I, I see, you know, I see a lot of this challenge as why this be awesome thing and why I'm trying to have, great people like you and different people to say that, you know, it, it, you don't need to fit into one mold to be awesome and you don't need to deal, you know, with, with certain things one way or another way to be awesome. It's just, it's a mindset. It's that attitude. Like, I love the fact I never knew that attitude gets you kicked out of EOD school. I, you know, I wonder how many people that actually happens to, like, you know, that, that'd be... I'd have known of at least five or six really that were they were my OJT guys on the job training guys mm -hmm. and they showed up to school and uh, straight up had temper tantrums you know they they couldn't handle being told that they failed at something yeah but, uh, but you know back to that dog thing I can't I, I'm like you dude if I go to the pound I'm, yeah I'm gonna be like round them all up <laughs> yeah let's go get yeah. them all in the truck right now yeah. they're all coming home with me yeah absolutely how are you gonna feed them I have no idea yeah I just want them all that's the whole thing. You don't think about that stuff. You know, it's like I, I, Amy and I were talking once. I said, you know, it's funny. We can go stay at Disney World for a week, and it costs less than for us to keep all of our animals because we got the goats, the guinea hens, the chickens. And the that. goats are still there? Oh, yeah, dude. George died a couple... Uh, George died. Was still freezing. The ground was freezing. I actually had to... Sean Flynn had to come out and uh, come out with a backhoe. Oh, yeah, he's got a serious... What about Wheezy? Uh, Wheezy's, Wheezy's gone. Wheezy's, Wheezy passed away. Uh, so we got George and Wheezy 10 years ago. Wheezy passed a year. She only made it like a well, year. That shows how long it's been since I've been back. To yeah. Minnesota. So we got Lulu. We got Lulu. We got Hershey. We got Clementine. Then we got the e <laughs> we got the Igors. We got the guinea hens. We got two roosters. Uh, Steve, who's a mascot rooster for the podcast, he comes on and, and attacks people when they come over. Um, <laughs> and then we've got uh, Yogi. We got a couple of hens. We got, it's funny, we got, um, we get some neighbors, um, Peter and Debbie DeCenzo. Peter was, uh, he, he was my first employer. He gave me my first job when I was like 12 years old. He has uh, furniture, uh, reupholstery and, and, and drapes and curtains, does uh, window treatments. And so uh, they live uh, across the street, uh, right on the, the town line, that nice Cape house you probably saw, that Cape style house, um, when you ran to the gym, because why would you drive to it? Um, <laughs> remember that you would go to get, you're like I think I'm going to go to the gym I think it's right down the street I'm like oh you want to take the car he's like well, why would I why would I do that I'm going to the gym why would I drive there I'm going to run there and you actually ran the wrong way intentionally so you get a couple miles in before you went and uh, that's not my style but uh, any case I'm driving by <laughs> so we get we get chickens the coyotes and the fox and the uh, owls hawks like all the predators you get you know, pick off a couple of uh, chickens and, and guinea hens every year. And so the Desenzos had this beautiful hen that looked like one of ours that disappeared like a year prior. Just pecking out in the front yard for probably two or three weeks. I'm like, oh, the Desenzos must have got chickens. So I end up calling and saying, hey, you know, that's a beautiful chicken. Looks like one of mine. They're like, oh, we thought it was yours. I said, no. I said, no, it's been in our yard every day. But we got our dogs. We're afraid that the dogs might you know, would you mind taking it? And I'm sitting here spending a year talking about I'm not getting any more 
animals or pets or anything. I drive my pickup truck over there, pick up the hen, put it in my lap, drive it around the truck. I'm like, oh, I'll just drive around the neighborhood, let everybody know I got a chicken now. Look like crazy chicken guy. Now I get picking up, <laughs> you know, picking up random chickens in my neighbor's houses. So um, one of our neighbors, I mean, this is this isn't farmland. This is suburbs, right? Well, I don't and, think it. I mean, you're and one of our neighbors. Exactly one of our other neighbors who I haven't met. Uh, they got a pig and they walk it on a leash like a dog. Legit, like takes their pig for walks. Like one of those. Uh, like a big. No, it's a big one. It's like a big one. A, like a big pink one. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not going to eat it. It's been around a while. A friend of mine moved to Texas, and he had this wild pig problem. Oh, the boars? And he's, yeah, and he's a little bit of a smartass. So yep. he uh, he started emailing uh, PETA. Yeah. On how he's like, hey, you know, I have this pig problem. They're destroying my crops. He's got he's got all this farmland, right? Yep. And he's like, uh, you know, how do I deal with them? And they're like, oh, yeah, build these pens and trap them and yep. all this other stuff. And, and he's a big-time hunter. Yeah. And, uh, and then he sends him back an email like, oh, no, my rifle did a great job on him. Uh, did you guys know these things are loaded with bacon? <laughs> like, this is awesome. And they're like, don't, don't ever contact me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, those boars are nasty. They they're, are. They're, they're, uh, so down in Texas specifically, there's, a, there's people that actually do um, boar hunts. Mm-hmm. Have you seen this where you go up in the helicopter with an AR-15? Oh yeah, they got mini guns. They do all kinds. Oh of stuff. yeah, it's crazy. But they're everywhere, and apparently they're vicious. I I didn't know this. I was in Texas. Um, they do damage to your crops. They'll actually attack you. Absolutely. Um, and they're and they're nasty. They're just they're just mean, and uh, and they're growing like like at, at unbelievable numbers. So I was actually I was at, at dinner once, and and one of the people I was at dinner with was like, oh yeah, my buddy's got a helicopter. He does wild boar hunts. I'm like with a helicopter. He goes, yeah. He goes. We fly through the fields, and they it causes them to scatter and run, and then we and shoot we them, chase and them down, chase them down, and shoot them. Yeah, um, which is kind of crazy when you think about all of the, you know, the, you see the, the snake stuff that's going on the floor. You see that snake they just caught? No, it was like a seventeen foot long. Uh, it was a python, a boa constrictor in the Everglades. Apparently, I don't know if this is true or not. It could be fake news, but. Apparently, there's this, this increasing large snake population in the Everglades, and it's literally decimating every other animal. Really? So, yeah, so there's, like, nothing, but there's this huge... Yeah, like, i got to find this now. You, you got me... Uh, i gotta, I got to check it out. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know, I've also also heard people with pets, you know, yep. pythons, stuff like that, they just go down to the Everglades and let them free. Yep. I don't want this thing anymore. It's getting too big or whatever, and they just throw it in the Everglades, and it survives. Yeah. Largest female python captured, a big cypress, 17-foot-long female python um, in the Everglades. took four people to hold it. The thing is massive. Um, But the pythons, I guess, are just killing every animal out in the Everglades. And there's like, look at the size of that thing. It's huge. Good God. (laughs) Yeah. You know what, I mean, what would you do? It, again, pretty badass, dude. What would you do if you came up to that thing? I'd, I'd probably uh, get out of its way. Yeah. To be honest with you. They're fast, too, aren't they? Python's fast? I don't know. Are they the ones that, that that's uh, boa constrictors? I think constrictors. we're going to start going down a couple more beers. We're going to be deep in the YouTube. And yeah, we're yeah. Down. We're going to be so... We're going to be done, dead on this thing. Well, I think we need to... Uh, well, first of all, we're out of beer. So we, we, we probably beer. need to... Probably need to wrap this thing up, but um, you know, I gotta tell you, we went from 
kind of a joke about doing this to like, are we going to do this to let's do this to let's drink beer to, to day two, take two. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I gotta say, I'm glad that I got to most importantly spend time with you because I love you, man. Um, but I'm glad that we got to share some of your story with, with some folks that hopefully give some, some perspective and some ideas on things that they can, that they can act on. Maybe we just gave somebody a really great idea for a birthday present for somebody that they can't think, <laughs> they can't think of what to get people. Well, thanks for having me, man. I, I, I love you and, uh, you know, you always be a part of my family. So yeah. I, I've had a lot of fun with this. We're not. Uh, we got a lot. We got a lot of fun to have. Still, we got a lot of more adventures and more boats to, uh, more more boats to get, more boats to board and say uh, you like my boat. So <laughs> you like um, my bike. You yeah. like my boat. <laughs> you like my bike. You like my boat. But you hot shit. Got to get something else. So, um, but no, I really appreciate you putting yourself out there and sharing your story and and sharing with with not just me but the world or at least the free listeners that I have. So, uh, <laughs> um, no, I appreciate you and. Um, Look forward to a couple more hours here with you. Hell yeah. And uh, I really appreciate, you know, the audience. Uh, you guys have been patient with me while I went off uh, for a couple hours. I've got some, hopefully, some really, really exciting news in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I've been hard at work on a number of things that I haven't been able to be really vocal about that I'm going to uh, to be sharing and uh, ex- expanding some of the the, uh, the ideas of, of, of the Be Awesome be awesome ideas and what to do and, and things that we can be pushing out, you know, just like the shirt sales and, and donating free dollars of every shirt to uh, homeless and foster kids charities. I'm still working through some details on that sensory path uh, program for schools with kids with autism. Um, but if you're interested, please do send messages to me via LinkedIn or Josh at be awesome. That's B E A U S M.com. That's my email. Uh, if you have a school that's interested or you have someone that's interested, uh, you know, you buy, you, you commit to a, a certain number of shirts. And uh, I have an autism sensory uh, a sensory path designed to help uh, kids with autism and other special needs. Uh, that It's uh, $1,500. Bucks, and uh, a woman in Mississippi, special education teacher, makes them. And uh, I'm hoping that I can get a couple more of those. We put our first one in uh, Sharon Elementary School last month. So, um Got some really exciting things. I'm doing some more speaking engagements directly business to uh, businesses and organizations, associations. Uh, if you guys want me to speak and you have a fairly flexible schedule, uh, depending on where you are, uh, nights, weekends, holidays, whenever free time I have, uh, I'm giving to to do some some uh, pretty, what I think are pretty cool talks. I've had some, some great reviews so far, but I'm starting to expand that. So if you have uh, interest in having me speak to your company, association, organization, Heck, you want me to come and talk to you at dinner time? I'll do that for the uh, for the for the for prices, right? I mean, <laughs> why not? You know. Um, but no, really, this has been just such an incredible journey. We're coming up to a one year anniversary. I gotta re up my business license with the state of Massachusetts and give them five hundred bucks. So I'm looking forward to year two. Gonna make some some pretty good good advances for uh, for the one year anniversary. It'd be awesome. But it's all about you guys. Really appreciate everything you're doing. The ratings and reviews. If you do ratings and reviews on, on iTunes, I just bought 72, what did I say, 72 or 76 coffee mugs. Those are nice coffee mugs, by the way. They are. I it's it's got a nice up. hold to it. Greg James, I mean, he held that thing magically. You you had a good hold to it. You guys got good size hands. It's a big size mug. So you guys, you do ratings and reviews. You want a coffee mug, you want a t-shirt, do a rating and review. I've actually got Sam Glenn. Uh, I, he's, a, he's, he's the attitude guy. 
I highly recommend that you uh, you read his books, follow him on on social media. He's someone that that inspired me to be able to do what I do today. Uh, I bought ten of his books pre-ordered. They're going to come out May second, so effective May second to whenever those books are gone. Do a rating and review, and I'll give you one of his books too. So. I think your time is important. Sitting here, listening to us, listening to me, uh, doing the ratings and reviews, that's your time. You can't get that back. So you giving that to me, I think, is of, of incredibly high value that not even a T-shirt or a mug could pay back. Hopefully you get more out of it by listening and learning than, than anything. But uh, hope you guys consider doing all that stuff. And in the meantime, we're signing off from San Diego. we got to get more Coronas. Uh, we got to have a few more laughs and come up with a couple of bright ideas. I think we should go rent some lime, lime bike scooters and just terrorize downtown San Diego. I think we can. I think we can do this. I think. Say when. Well, I've only got. I, so I don't have the app or an account. So we'll have to use yours. So we'll have to do it. Two, two on the scooter. I saw two people doing it last night. <laughs> I think we can. I think we can manage. Now, granted, the one was like a kid, and I mean we're two grown adults. But I'm going to wear your motorcycle helmet and I'll sit on the front of it. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> well. Until then, guys, uh, remember to be awesome. You got to do awesome. And I appreciate you all for your time. Have a great day. Yeah.